In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, whom God has loved dearly and whom he has highly honored this day, grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, I know there are a lot of things maybe on your mind right now, but this is worth our consideration. It is worth every drop of our attention. Not one year goes by that we don't deeply meditate upon the great lengths that the Lord Jesus went through in order to save us from sin, in order to redeem us. In fact, not a week goes by here in this church that we don't contemplate the holy mystery. Every Sunday we confess the Nicene Creed that it was the Lord Jesus Christ who, as we just said, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. In fact, I'm I'm not sure if you've noticed, but every time we get to those words, and was made man, I lower my head and I bow. I do that because that's what the church did throughout history. Simply at the thought that God would become man, would become man, that he would take on our flesh, that the whole church would bow at this. Just the thought of it. Uh, I preached about that at length last year on Christmas Day. But uh, today, the word becomes flesh. God was made man. And this is the beating heart of Christmas, the beating heart of the Christian life. Now, as Christians, we know that God's word is true even before we can see it. The Holy Spirit has called us by the gospel. He enlightened us with his gifts. He's given us faith to believe what he has said, even while we haven't seen it. Now, in fact, this is the joy of Christmas and the joy of the entire Christian life. It is the discipline, the discipline of dwelling in our hearts upon certain things that are true, but that we're not able to see or feel. We dwell on true things regardless of our feelings. We oftentimes think that the first Christmas was somehow more spectacular than what we hear, um, what we hear and see now, and that it didn't require as much faith. uh, But the truth is that when Mary and Joseph looked and the shepherds looked at Jesus, they didn't see beams radiating from his face. They didn't see a halo around his head. They saw an infant, a baby, like every other infant they saw in this world. They had to rely upon the angel's word that this little infant was God in the flesh. That as he was laying in that manger, he was also ordering the universe, holding the stars in their place. That that was the same God there in the flesh. That even though they were holding a baby that screamed and cried and needed to be fed and changed like every other baby, it was God. It was the Savior. And this is what Mary and Joseph had in common. 
with the rest of the world. They all saw and they all felt the same thing. They, they, the, the stall looked like a stall. The manger looked like a manger. And the swaddling clothes looked like swaddling clothes. It was a poor, worldly, and lowly thing that their eyes saw. But what they didn't have in common was what they knew. Those who had faith knew that they were seeing something greater. And so that little stall in Bethlehem wasn't just a stall, but for them it was more glorious than any palace in the world. And that manger was not just a feeding trough, but they considered it far more precious than all the gold and silver in the world. And those swaddling clothes weren't just rags. They, were, they considered them to be worth more than their own lives themselves. And this is what Christian and the Christian life is about. This is what we just sang about in that hymn of the day. We just sang a few moments ago. Listen to those words again. It says, O Jesus Christ, thy manger is my paradise at which my soul reclineth. For there, O Lord, doth lie the word made flesh for us here in thy grace forth shineth. And then he goes on and he says, The world may hold her wealth and gold, but thou, my heart, keep Christ as thy true treasure. To him hold fast until at last a crown be thine and honor in full measure. He says that that manger is paradise for him. He says that that little infant is worth more than every treasure of this world. And so this is true even with how Jesus comes to us right now. We all look with our eyes and we see a book on the lectern and we see water in the font and then we see bread and wine on this altar. But those who believe the word that is spoken know that it is far more than that. That book is the Bible, is the very word that the Holy Spirit caused to be written. And it says everything you need to know for salvation. And that font doesn't just hold water, it holds your forgiveness and the washing of regeneration, your salvation. And that bread and wine holds your dear Lord who took on flesh to redeem you, who gives you his very body and blood for the forgiveness of all of your sins. The same body was, that was in that manger is here today in the Lord's Supper. And that is the Christian life dwelling upon things that are true, even if you cannot see it or feel it. Now, this isn't just true for things outside of you, but it's true for things in you. And I'll give you an example of how this, this is the case. Take, for example, <clears throat> a man who has been diagnosed with cancer. He feels fine. He doesn't feel sick or ill. He's not weary or faint. But the doctor has images. And the doctor sees how things really are in that man's body. And he's able to discern the truth about the man's condition. And he tells the man, you have cancer. Now that man, even though he doesn't feel bad or feel the sickness, the cancer, he still has it. He's in critical condition, although he doesn't experience it. And yet he schedules his surgery and chemotherapy and he acts upon the truth that of his condition that even though he doesn't feel his poor, miserable condition, nevertheless, it is true, right? 
He becomes alarmed based upon the truth of the matter, not upon whether he feels it in that moment. Now the reverse is true. Consider that the man has undergone surgery. He goes uh, through chemotherapy and all sorts of things. And then you can imagine how miserable that man feels. It's one of the more painful surgeries to recover from. And so he feels terrible. He feels just, just absolutely horrible. But this time, the doctor walks into the room and he looks at the pictures and he says, you are cancer-free. It's gone. And in the midst of whatever pain the man has, whatever sorrow or or discomfort, the man rejoices at the news regardless of how he felt in that moment. So you see that when the man felt fine, he was troubled because he got word that he had cancer, that he was sick. And now when the man feels awful, he rejoices because he gets word that he's now healed. In other words, that man governed his reactions not according to what he felt, but according to the truth. And here we are today, governing ourselves and our behavior, not according to what we feel or experience, but according to what we've heard. We're teaching ourselves to be alarmed at a problem that we ourselves may not even feel. We confess that we are poor, miserable sinners. That is how the service began You saying, I confess that I'm a poor, miserable sinner, even though you may not even feel that way, though you may not really feel that way on any given Sunday or even right now. Nevertheless, those words are true. Now, I'm mindful of the fact that many of you may feel good today and others of you may feel nothing today. And still others of you may feel terrible today. Or miserable. And that this is a hard time of the year for many. Sin has taken its toll on you and for some of you most especially this year. Some of this is from the sin that you've committed yourself. Some of it is sin that has been committed against you. Some of you have seen the effects of sin and of death and the wages of sin. And you look around and your eyes only see pain and sadness. And yet the joy of Christmas is this, that regardless of how you feel, God's word is still true. And this is a great relief because this means that you don't have to manufacture any feelings in yourself. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to put a smile on your face or a facade. You don't have to feel bad about not feeling bad or feel bad about not feeling good or so on. You are still sinful even when you don't feel like it. And the reverse is true. That means that you are still a forgiven child of God and one of his dear and holy saints, even when you feel nothing like it, even when all you feel is sin and guilt. You're still his child. Your salvation doesn't depend upon how you feel. Depends upon what he said. So even if you cannot feel any Christmas joy today, the angels in heaven have said that you and I have more reason to rejoice than all of creation, than all of heaven itself, that God became one of us. We have more reason to be thankful and happy than any other creature. You have a peace that surpasses all understanding, peace 
of sin forgiven, what Christ has come to do for you in that manger on that cross, the fact what he came to do was to pour out his life through his veins. And this will always be true. His forgiveness is the solution to all of your grief and sadness. And so this means that even when you don't feel loved, God still loves you. And his love for you has not wavered for a second. Even when you don't feel forgiven, Christ still forgives you with his blood and wipes away every stain of sin from your flesh and soul forever. And even when you do feel like God is angry with you, that he is against you, that he is punishing you, he is not. Because Christ has already endured all of this on the cross once and for all. So rejoice even in the midst of your suffering because Christ is born for you this happy morning. You have more reason to rejoice than anyone. So forget your poverty. Today you've been made rich. Forget your illness and disease. Today you have eternal life. Forget your pain and sadness. You have joy beyond measure. Forget your loneliness. Emmanuel, God himself, is with you. Forget your emptiness because God fills you with all good things. The word became flesh and because of that, you have peace and joy and comfort and forgiveness and life and salvation now and forever and every day of your life. May God grant us the eyes of faith to see it. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. <clears throat> Remember thou what glory now the Lord prepared thee for all earthly sadness. The angel host can never boast of greater glory, greater bliss or gladness. The world may hold her wealth and gold, but thou, my heart, keep Christ as thy true treasure. To him hold fast until at last a crown be thine and honor in full measure. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.